Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or 500 people, then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can't get violent and angry. Welcome to The Squonk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo. And I'm Kraken. Welcome back, guys, to another episode, and it's going to be a Cracko Tale. Yes, and unfortunately, I haven't gotten around to writing up the Cracko Tales theme song just yet. Well, it's been written. I just have to record it, so... I can't wait. That'll be fun. That's going to be amazing. So before we get into the stories, a couple things. First of all, if you did not notice, if you did not see on Twitter, we are now on Instagram. So we are posting when we go live. We are also posting some short little stories. So we did one about Carl Tanzler. We have one coming up here in a couple days and we kind of mix those in and with, you know, the actual podcast promotion. So you can kind of get little, little murder tidbits throughout the, throughout the week. But we also pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. So we recorded with Allie. We did the Spooktober episodes and things. So we actually took a couple weeks off and I had the fun experience of having so much work stress that I almost probably ended up in the hospital. And Krakow did some traveling. Just a little bit, you know, just about well, like 21 to 24 hours of traveling across the country, basically. Now, you went to Nebraska from yes, South Carolina. Nebraska. Yes, flew to Nebraska from South Carolina and then drove all the way back. I, I, I think you should have just driven halfway. I mean, technically, I, I flew to, to Denver because that's the closest airport and then drove two hours from there to where I was going. So Really? You had to go to Denver? Yeah, because that's the closest airport because I very quickly found out there's nothing there but fields. It's just it's just fields. Just fields. Mm-hmm. I know my parents I mean, they could have landed in the field, but, you know, <laughs> my parents took a, a road trip kind of like across country one summer and they, they said that, like, once you get to a certain part of the country, there's just a lot of corn. <laughs> there wasn't even corn. You want to know what they were growing? They were growing grass. Oh. I didn't even see any crops. I occasionally saw some cotton fields and, like, some wheat fields and a little bit of corn. But, like, that's just every now and again. That's it's, it's just a lot of grass. Well, if you ever are on a trip and you need grass. There you go. <laughs> go to nebraska but yeah, I'm glad. And then, oh then it was like several hours of just grass and fields until we finally got to we, we were just like finally civilization <laughs> we see city lights yay uh, i'm glad you made it back safe that's yes. what matters <clears throat> and now we're getting back on our regular recording schedule i know we didn't miss releasing any episodes but did miss recording did miss recording yeah, and I don't know why, but I, I missed your shenanigans. It gave you a moment to think about coming back to the frogs and the crack tails. <laughs> it's like, do I really, really Is this really this? what I want to be doing? 
You know, I could free up my Tuesday evenings. <laughs> Tuesday's off sounds nice. <laughs> anyway, now that we kind of got all that out of the way, why don't you tell us your uh, creepy tale? Yes, this one, actually, there was a... Um, I, I don't remember the name of the show because it's been a while since it's been on TV. I, if it's on now, it's just reruns. But it was a show on the Travel Channel where they went to different haunted places. It wasn't Ghost Hunters, but I, I can't remember the name of it. It was like Unexplained Mysteries or something like that. It wasn't Unsolved Mysteries. That's a different show. Oh, that but, show. Oh, my freaking God, that show gets me. Because, like, yeah. I, I love it and I want to watch it, but they never solve it. I think that's why they call it Unsolved Mysteries. It's just a guess, I, but, you know, that might be one mystery we can solve. I know, but I just want, at, like, the end of an episode, they're like, haha, we got you. We know who did it. I mean, I have a video clip I can send of all the times that they made up stories and they ended it with, that's because it's false. It's not true. We made it up. <laughs> like, five minutes long. But this one was actually, uh, it's the Island of the Dolls in Mexico. Because that's not creepy at all, right? Yeah, creepy dolls, I will say, is a huge trigger warning for a lot of people. Yeah, uh-huh. And, there was uh, a, actually, Oh, I was going to say, there was an episode of Supernatural where they were at, there was like this historic hotel bed and breakfast type place, and one of the rooms was the doll room, and... Of course. It was horrifying. It was absolutely horrifying. And Yes, of course, we have to have the doll room. Of course, the place was haunted, and then the dolls started coming to life. And I see where you're going with this. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. And then you're like, hey, creepy doll story. Yeah, because the, the reason they call it the Island of the Dolls is literally because it's an island that there are just dolls everywhere on this island. Can't we which just is why do an episode if, about the, the Island of the Dogs? Where they have all the puppers that run around, or the one with all the cats. There's like thousands there is of cats. There's a cat island. Yeah. I think there may be a dog island too. I think there's a dog island. Or like the one with the horses that when the bay gets low, they cross over and then they cross back over before it goes up. And Is there just an island with one of every type of animal? I hope so. This is how Pokemon gets started. I would like to go to the Otter Island, please. Maybe the one Cheetah Island. The Otter Island. I'll go to Cheetah Island. That's fine. No, we're going to Doll Island. We're 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 gonna we're gonna go there. But the reason I point out the Travel Channel show is because it's it's different hearing about it versus seeing it. It's it's extra creepy seeing it. I I could understand that. I can see where that. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about I don't know if you know this, but like if you leave a doll outside for several years, it gets really creepy looking due to the weather and sun and yes. All right, I'm gonna head out. Bye. <laughs> but the Island of the Dolls is a chinampa of the Laguna de Teshuila. I hope I'm pronouncing this right, because that Spanish is the one thing I can kind of pronounce by reading it. So I hope I'm not butchering this too much. And it's one of the main attractions of the channels. It is located in the canals of Xochimilco, or I know I butchered that one. Located in the canals of Xochimilco. There we go. There's a C in there. There is a C in there. South of the and is of it near a sea too? But um, get out, <laughs> get out. Anyway, it is south of the center of Mexico City, very close to the Estadio Azteca football stadium. 
Echinampa is an artificial island that is constructed by placing a fence made out of wattle, which is interwoven reeds woven into stakes in the ground. After this fence was put in place, dirt from the shallow lake bottom, decaying vegetation, just general things like that is piled into the structure until the soil was above water level. It almost sounds like how some birds make their nests. Basically, it's just a giant bird nest. Let's go live in the giant bird nest. I mean, this specific giant bird nest is also not this one. A bunch of creepy dolls. Not this specific (laughs) one. Not this one. Another one. Any other giant bird nest but this one. Fair. That might have either like birds or cats or something. Yeah, fair. Not dolls. They're also referred to as floating gardens because they look like they're floating on the water and they don't look like they're attached to the ground. So that might add a little bit of a creepy factor or a cool factor, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, cool on the other islands creepy on this one you just see an island floating by and it's just covered in dolls yeah no i'm good these structures are anywhere between 300 feet long and 20 or 30 foot wide to 100 foot long and 10 foot wide and if we convert those numbers that is 90 meters by 5 to 10 meters and 30 meters by 2.5 meters and it, it just differs based on the region so that doesn't, yeah, that's not very, so how I it's measure things. It's not that things. big. Well, yeah, how I measure things, the 10 foot wide is two me's. Like if no, I laid down, does that. yeah, if I laid down, I would be, and you would have two of me. It would be six inches more than, than 10 foot. New measurement just dropped. How many mows long is your house? <laughs> that's not big for an island. <laughs> no, it's just literally just small enough to kind of get on and be out of the water it's kind of like a stopping point i guess because it's not it's not that big at all like you said now are they for like vegetation or i have no clue there's nothing that i could find about what this specific one was built for oh okay so i'm I'm guessing it has a purpose but i have no clue yeah i just googled it it's a technique used in mesoamerican agriculture which relies on small areas of fertile arable land to grow crops on in the shallow lake beds. So it's for agriculture and dolls. Agriculture and dolls. What are you growing? I'm growing dolls. But there's a also a bit more information uh, we're going to talk about here in just a second um, okay. about this one that they used. But uh, the, the ones in uh, Xochimilco are in the latter category, the measure, the latter category of the measurements that I did. I don't remember. Uh, 100 see, by 10. Was, yeah, it's the 100 by 10. It's the um, two mos. Yeah, it's the two <laughs> mos. In making these chinampas, uh, an impressive ditch system was also made. These ditches or canals had multiple purposes. Over time, they would fill up, and then when they were cleared away, they were added to the tops of the chinampas, allowing the soil to be revitalized. So it kind of like was a self... It's kind of like a little mini ecosystem kind of thing. It just fuels itself. Gotta have the first big tangent. Did you ever see the guy that had this giant glass like jug that had a hundred year old self-preserving ecosystem like it was sealed and this thing just kept itself alive i don't think i've seen that it's so cool so like i guess it's like great grandfather or something started it and it was like a terrarium type thing but it's like maybe like two foot around two foot high, something like that. And it had these plants in it with the soil and with the condensation 
of, you know, the, the condensation would come up, lay on the glass, and then basically fall down like rain. And it just kept itself alive. I'm pretty sure it's still alive, but I saw there was one of them that was over 100 years old. And it's amazing what happens when nature is untouched. <laughs> yes, yeah, it sounds really cool. I'll have to look that up because I have not seen that. Yeah, it's really cool. But uh, apparently, along with the ditches and the canals that they built on these things, they were also used for centuries as a means of transportation, apparently, throughout the region. Uh, and in 1987, the Chinampas and the canal system were put on the UNESCO World Heritage List. Most of these canals and Chinampas were built in the post-classical and in colonial times. It's in one of these Chinampas that our story takes place. Did our story start in colonial time? Actually, no. I actually don't remember what time it started or what the year was. Let me look, scroll down. Pretty sure it wasn't in the 1700s. I don't think it was either, but I would like to include that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm seeing 1920s, 1950s. Looks like around the 1950s. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. is definitely not in the 1700s. I didn't think it was, but it's just fine. So this story is rather murky in some of the facts, but it is a good one. It started out simply enough. A man named Don. OK, this is Spanish. So Don Julian Santana Barrera owned his little piece of land and he was born in the 1920s. He was a farmer when he was younger. But as he got older, he began preaching around the 1950s. He, he was motivated by some superstition to do so. No one knows exactly what superstition and why, but apparently something drove him to want to uh, to be a preacher. So apparently it made the Catholic Church and the Catholic parishioners of the area take to dislike him, as at the time it was presumed that only anointed priests could preach, and he was just doing this off of a superstition. So they didn't take too kindly to that. See, that, that bothers me because... Well, I'm not a, like, I'm not a devoutly religious person. I do understand the basics of quite a few religions. Right. And most of them are based on kindness and acceptance and being nice to each other and helping each other and accepting each other, not freaking out because you didn't get anointed. Yeah, and not, not only freaking out, he was reportedly beaten up by a lot of people in the surrounding areas where he preached. Which That's is awful. a given, which, yeah, so they, they, they also, not only did they dislike him, they got a little violent. And you shouldn't be beating up some man just because he's preaching the same religion that you practice. Exactly. That's, that's a little, hmm. But because of him being disliked and people beating him up, which that's one of the big reasons for him being a recluse. Uh, eventually, according to some reports, he was even kicked out of some of these communities because of all of this. He was a very religious and superstitious man by all accounts, but, you know, apparently they just, they're just like, nah, you gotta go. That's so sad. Like, he just wanted to, to share his, his beliefs and his message and just wanted to be part of something bigger than himself. And you were asking for other purposes for these little islands. Here we have another. It was around this time that he was uh, kicked out of this, these communities that he moved to this Chinampa with his wife. He built a small one-room cabin on this little island. Uh, he would build, later on in his life, he, would, he built two other structures as well. But this one, this particular island was located miles into the canal, far, far away from anyone. So he just kind of wanted to go be by himself on this little island. I mean, that 
aside from the reason why, that kind of sounds nice. Because it know, does. Yeah, like nowadays, everybody always focuses on, well, I wouldn't have internet. I wouldn't have all the electricity and stuff like that. But, you know, back in the 50s, that wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Just live a nice, simple life. And yeah, there wasn't much of that anyway, so. Yeah, and, you know, it's obviously fertile land that they could plant on and they would have plenty to eat. They have a mode of transportation because they're on the canals. Like, that sounds kind of nice. And, you know, he's with his wife, which I'm presuming they had a happy marriage and they loved each other yeah. and, you know, just have a nice, quiet life. I, I, I kind of imagine, like, Chris would love that. Chris is all about, like, he wants to, like, live in the woods. <laughs> yes, I don't know that's why. understandable. I don't know why, but he does look a little bit like a mountain man at times. So this is true. Yeah, yeah, like he would love that, and like I could just sit on the porch and like knit or crochet. Tell him about this, and he will go to the nearest canal and start working on his own little island. Don't tell him about this because he will find a canal and then make an island. I'm going to send him a message right now. You know he barely checks Discord, right? <laughs> I will send him a letter. <laughs> make sure you you seal it with one of those wax stamp things. Oh, I'll seal it with a wax stamp, and like when he opens it, it's gonna look like a timeshare brochure. Like, move to the beautiful canals. But it's written in Grand Island. But apparently, uh, no one was sure why he moved into this specific area. Personally, it sounds like he just wanted to get in a place that was had no one around. There was just no people. He just wanted to be alone with his wife and just kind of do his own thing. Um, some people speculated that he just wanted to be a hermit, live an isolated life, kind of like a monk. And, but it was sometime after this, and this is where you said that it sounds like a nice place to live, and, you know, it's just, it, everything was peaceful and nice. Yeah, as they say in some stories, everything was fine until it wasn't. Yeah. Because, uh... Why couldn't you just, like, end the story and be like, yay, they had a nice life, bye. I mean, we could, but then that wouldn't be the podcast, now would it? I know, but I don't, I don't think I'm gonna like this. No, no. Because it was sometime after he moved out there that he witnessed something that would change his life and this little island that he called home would never be the same. I'm going to go ahead and put the trigger warning here. If you don't do well with things and bad things happening to children, you may want to uh, skip out on this this specific story for now because uh, this, this is not, it's about to go from 0 to 100 and not in the good way. So Barrera never gave a date as to when this happened, and there's different versions of the story depending on who tells it, but the story goes roughly like this. One day he was out on the island tending to his garden when he noticed something floating in the water. He walked to the edge of the, his home and the island, and his heart skipped a beat. It was a young girl floating down the canal and not moving. Her skin was pale, and he rushed over because he already knew what he was witnessing this young girl had drowned. Now some people, like his great nephew Mr. Santana, who is now the caretaker of the island, says a girl and some of her friends were playing in the river upstream and the current took and just rushed forward and then the girl was pulled under. Uh, she drowned and my great uncle Barrera found her floating on the edge of the bank near a small pier tangled in reeds, while others say that he saw her on the bottom of, of the canal as the water there was crystal clear or that he was witness to the child playing with her friends and saw the current take her and he jumped in and tried to save her, but he didn't make it to her in time. So there's multiple variations of the story. We don't know which one is the truth. 
That's really but, sad. I know growing up, it was a book or a movie where one of the characters was a, a younger person that got pulled into a riptide. And I was still am terrified of riptides because if they pull you in, there is. Yeah, no those things are out. scary. Yeah, like, like you said, like there's even spots where there, it's like rocky beaches and stuff where you'll find like alcoves of rock where the water just goes in and it's such a strong vacuum of the water yeah. rushing back out that like you can't fight that. But another version of the story uh, says that he first heard her late at night crying for her doll. I guess I'm guessing he was afraid of the dark. He didn't want to go out because it was it was it was nighttime. He couldn't see anything. He he was too scared to go out. So he he went out the next morning and that's when he found her. That's another version of the story of how that happened. But regardless of however it happened, he still found her and was consumed by guilt that he couldn't help her. Uh, he says he took her body and wanting to give her a proper burial. He buried her on his island. And later that same day, he found a doll at or near the spot that he found the girl floating in the canal. I, it's a little suspicious. I don't think I like this. <laughs> I have a feeling it's about to get worse. I'm going to pull my Thinking, blanket up and like get real cuddled in here because... This is, the, this is the part of the story where Mo lifts her feet off of the floor. Dude, you know my feet don't touch the floor. I mean, technically your feet are still off of the floor. Yeah, because my chair is too tall. Fair enough. I have to have a little footrest. Thinking it was the girl's toy, he picked it up and put it on the island near her grave to comfort her and to ward off any ill effects of the supernatural kind after he witnessed this. But it didn't work because shortly after burying her, he started hearing whispers as he was trying to sleep. It was a young girl's voice saying, I want my doll. According to his nephew, shortly after this... He said, in the mornings, Barrera started seeing ghosts and one day woke up and found all his crops had died. He oh, tried no. many things. Yeah, he, he tried many things to fix this, but he couldn't because he said the spirit damaged it and he became more and more afraid of this island. From then on, Barrera brought dolls to the island and hung them from the trees, which grew on the island. At first, he would just go into the surrounding communities and gather dolls from the trash or ones he found floating in the river. But eventually, word got around that he was doing this and he began to trade produce from his garden, what little he could get, in exchange for dolls. Some were donated by friends and family, knowing what he was trying to do, and that he was trying to do it for a good reason, so everyone was trying to help out and donating stuff to him. That being said, no one knows exactly why he decided to hang thousands of dolls on this island. He said it was to appease the spirit of the little girl, and each doll was actually possessed by the spirits of other children, and not the girl that kept asking for her doll. So... That just so, adds a little more creepiness to it. Yeah, and also thousands of dolls. That is not a large island, and there are structures on it. So it had yeah. to just be doll upon doll upon doll. Yeah, I don't, like, from what I remember, because it's been years ago since I saw the, the Travel Channel episode, because even looking at photos of it, like, there's just, like, multiple in on one tree. So it's, you can't take a step on the island without seeing a doll. Some people say that he was using these dolls as a way to ward off evil water spirits and also doing so to protect the soul of the little girl from these spirits as well. Some people even speculate as like some people even go as far to speculate that he himself was possessed by the spirit of the young girl. And it was this that sparked his compulsion to hang the dolls up. 
There's like I feel a, like a lot of creepy outcomes here. The, yeah, all of these options are creepy. And then can you kind of imagine being this is like kind of way off center to the other end of the universe. But can you imagine being the spirit of a little girl possessing an older man? <laughs> that wouldn't be weird at all. No, like it's just yeah. Just a just a little odd, but you know. And to make it even better, because, you know, this, this story get, couldn't get any worse, right? Couldn't possibly get any worse. Oh, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Since he wasn't too particular on how the dolls looked when he would hang up, hang them up, he would hang up any piece of the doll he could find. He nailed some to his cabin. He built two structures, one being a shrine to the young girl and put dolls there. He strung dolls on clotheslines. There's Barbie dolls, baby dolls, some porcelain dolls on display, legs, heads, arms, torsos, all doll parts, anything from a doll. He has it on the island. And uh, to, ma- to make matters even creepier, because like we, we got to keep going downhill, right? Oh, of the course. clothes. Yeah, the, the, the clothes, hair, and other materials that the dolls are made of are decaying, as things do when you put them outside. Some people have witnessed bugs coming out of parts of the dolls, and he was known to even change the clothes on the dolls in the shrine to the young girl. He, he would give them different small purses and different little accessories and things that he found. So, like, So he would play with the creepy dolls. Basically, yeah. And he even had a favorite, too. Uh, oh. Augustina was this doll's name. That despite all of this creepiness, by all accounts, he was actually apparently a really nice man, and began to give tours in the 1990s to supplement his income. He collected dolls and did all of this for 50 years. During his 50 years of collecting, his family did not abandon him. His wife died at some point during those 50 years. It's unclear whether or not she stayed on the island or went to live with family or what happened but according to his great nephew he and his wife could never have children because of the island so my uncle Anastasio I'm probably mispronouncing that and I apologize took over and then it came to me so it seems like the island has just kind of been passed down through the family yeah and it sadly seems like this safe haven this retreat this place that he could go to avoid the the violence turned into like a curse basically it just like ruined his life and he unfortunately succumbed to just a a a sad like i don't want to say sad existence it might not have been a sad existence but a very because i mean he kept doing it i mean yeah there there's some some things that we'll we'll get onto that in a minute some creepy thing other creepy things that happened on the island that would have been a little terrifying, but other than those things, it seemed like he was just like, I'm trying to help the spirits. Like he's he's doing it for a good reason. So it seems like he wasn't yeah. too bothered by it. And I do I do love that he was doing it for a good reason, but it, just thinking like what could his life have been if this hadn't happened to him? Could he have channeled that energy into something else that could have helped people? So here he's trying to help the departed whereas maybe he could have you know done a food bank or you know who knows what so it's just it's kind of it's just weird how things happen yeah 
And I do want to mention really quick too, I know this is a Spanish name and I know sometimes the J's are pronounced as H's, but the, his name is spelt as Julian, but so I don't know if it's actually Julian. I pronounced the J sure. as an H before, but yeah. looking at it, Julian seems a little better, so... Yeah, that's actually one of our nephews' names. I'm gonna go names. with that because... We but, could be very, very wrong. Yeah, we're not exactly language experts, so... What are you talking about? Anyone who's listened to the podcast, like the Ray Man of Ben McDewey or the Alexander Pachink... Pachink... Yes. Chessboard killer episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would surely know we are masters of languages. <laughs> yes, of course. But back to the story, it would seem that his wife continued to stay with him through most of all of this. But in 2001, Barrera passed away. And according to Julian's nef nephew, Anastasio, he had come to visit his uncle and help him plant some pumpkins. And on the morning of April 21st, they went fishing together on the banks of the canal and Don Julian began to sing. He told his nephew that he was singing to keep the spirits of mermaids at bay, who had been beckoning him to follow them into the water. And we continue this downhill spiral of creepiness because now yeah, there's apparently now, mermaids. Yeah, I was going to say, are these like Ariel or are these like the sirens that would pull you down to the bottom of the ocean and drown you? If he's keeping them away, I think they're the siren type. Maybe he just doesn't like redheads. And on that note, I'm going to show myself out. <laughs> you missed this. Yep. Uh-huh. Anyway, not thinking much on his uncle's ramblings, Anastasio left his uncle for just under an hour to work on the pumpkin planting. But when he returned, he would discover his uncle Julian face down in the canal by a small pier in the exact same place where the young girl was also said to have drowned. Santana also added the spirit of the girl came to him and dragged him into the water. The medical autopsy states that the cause of death was a heart attack and completely natural for someone going on 80 years old. Yeah, but that's but with still superstitions so sad. And everything, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he saw her ghost come out of the water and that's what gave him a heart attack. I mean, it's a possibility. I, I probably would have a heart attack if I saw a ghost coming out of the water. Oh, but why? The, I mean, it's just so normal and natural. Gosh. Yeah, that happens every day. Nah. Just spirits coming out of the water. It's like Lord of the Rings. It, it's interesting to like. Was it was it supernatural or was it just a coincidence? Yeah, it it, it is a pretty weird coincidence that it's the same exact spot and everything in the canal. Mm -hmm. But the island itself is actually still owned by his extended family who have profited on its popularity. The island has actually become so popular that there are other copycat doll islands that people have made, I guess, because that's the cool Why? thing to do now is make doll islands. Why? No. Good question. I don't know. One is enough. Yeah, we... One is too one many. One is too many. Yeah. Yes. I like how we both had the same idea. That, that, that <laughs> confirms it. It, we we have found the the purest of truths that one is too many. Yes. And we all know that you can only count to four. Yes. So if there's more than four, that that's definitely way too many. But it, it's uh, these days it's still Santana who cares for the island, though he and his wife live 20 minutes away by boat and not actually on the island. Um, he runs a business started by his uncle, Anastasio, giving tours not only to the island, but all around the canals as part of a push for ecotourism. 
that happened in Mexico in the early 2000s. That's nice, though, because that helps that helps bolster the economy. And I'm assuming that, I mean, out in the middle of nowhere where there's no contact, there mustn't be much of an economy since it was yeah. him and his wife and a ghost. When when he was asked who will take over the island once he's gone, his answer was even creepier as if we couldn't uh, as if we couldn't go any creepier. Uh, Santana replied, the ownership I leave to the dead. So he's just the, the island's just kind of going to kind of be no one will own the island. It's just going to be there once he's gone. I that's actually that's really sad to me because not everybody is a good person. And I feel that without somebody taking care of it, people may go there and do horrible things to the island, you know, break things. Yeah, because people like yeah. to see, oh, is this island really haunted? Let me anger the spirits to see if it's haunted. Yeah, that's vandalism and all that kind of like, yeah. And yeah. then we're going to hear we're going to have a part two in a couple of years or, you know, whatever. Um, that may happen where you talk about all the things that happened to people that vandalized the island. Probably. So uh, put put that on your calendar, Kraken. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just save that note for later. Doll Island, part two. <laughs> but so besides what Barrera reported, which included apparitions, wails, screams and whispering, other people have also reported seeing strange things on this island. Okay, Santana, so... This should tell you how not in the game my brain is. When you said whales, you're, you're thinking you're thinking that the the sea creature, a whale. Uh huh. And of I was course. like, how did they fit a whale in a canal with these alive? It, it just showed up. Okay, so whale. This may be a story wailing, for screaming, whispering. Yeah, W A I L. That kind of whale. But this may be a story for another time because I don't know much about it. I would have to research it. It may be a blog post. It may be an Instagram post. I don't know. But apparently, I do remember seeing something at one point, speaking of whales in places they should not be. Uh, whale bones have been found in, like, rainforests where there's, like, it's it's landlocked where there shouldn't be whales. Like, whale skeletons. That's, like, and there was never an ocean there? Yeah. Ever? I, I don't remember the exact forest. I just said, I think I said yeah. the Amazon, but like, it's it's right. a jungle where there should not be whales or there should well, not yeah, be whales. Well, yeah, like, I remains. know that there are some places that now are land masses that at one point in time were under the ocean. So they do yeah. find ocean life at the bottom, but yeah. That I, may be I, the I case nothing. with this. I don't remember because that's been a while ago, but that just brought that to mind. That's something I need to look into because that would be that, that would be cool. Be good. But uh, the show that I mentioned actually was not the Travel Channel, because uh, since this story was researched by Ranger, he, of course, as always, did an excellent job in putting in all the information. This mentions the show at the bottom here. It was Expedition Truth on Sci-Fi. So I... There's, it's probably on the internet somewhere. I don't know if it, everybody goes through this phase or if it's just like nerds, but I had a time where I was obsessed with sci-fi, the channel. Like, I'm still uh -huh. obsessed with the genre. And but yeah, like, oh my God, I would watch all those really horrible movies. Well, not like the movies, like just had the worst effects. I was. And. Yeah, I, I was into the, uh, the the conspiracy shows like Expedition Truth, like yeah. Aliens, Bigfoot, that kind of thing. Oh, man, I loved the I loved the movies. Obviously, they brought us such classics as Sharknado. But of course, wonderful. <laughs> 
I, w I would watch like those. And some of them were really good. Some of them were really good. And some of them were just laughably bad. Yeah, because I went down a rabbit hole one time. of This is a, one of our tangents, but uh, I went down a rabbit hole of watching, quote, horror movies. Like the old horror movies that mm -hmm. like this, the green screen effects were just so terrible that it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Where you can clearly see where the edge of the green screen is. <laughs> There's that's amazing. One I want to point out the movie The Stuff, where it's basically killer marshmallow fluff. Wait, you're kidding me, right? No, no, I'm not. It, it's called The Stuff, and apparently The Stuff is marshmallow fluff that is from outer space. They they pull it out of the ground, and I won't spoil the movie, but it's like uh, the mind control type of aliens. Okay, is it actual marshmallow fluff, or does it just look like marshmallow fluff? Well, it looks like marshmallow fluff, but it, the, the, they market it to people. That's how they got the aliens to different homes, was they marketed it as a delicious product called The Stuff. Okay, so like it tasted like I guess that's where I was getting it. Like it yeah. tasted like marshmallow fluff. You ate it, and that's that's how you got taken. Oh, pretty much. So, uh. but there's there's specifically one scene where a large blob of this marshmallow fluff consumes a person, and it's clearly just them dragging a green screen over the dude. <laughs> so, uh, even more of a tangent, the blob was actually filmed. Oh boy, not that one. Yeah, it was filmed not that far from me. It was uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, and every year they have Blobfest, where you can Wonderful. actually run down the street from the movie, and it's like huge crowds come, and they run together of course. like they're running from the blob. And I have a friend who goes to it all the time, and it's just it's so great. And actually, I've the theater... You know, the with the marquee and everything from the movie yeah. is actually the theater that I took Chris to to see the live rendition of Rocky Horror Picture Show. He had never seen the movie before. And we went and saw Rocky Horror and he he walked in and he's like, why did they give me a Ziploc bag full of popcorn and noisemakers? And I was like, don't worry, you'll need them. <laughs> he's like, so I'm not Fine, supposed to eat this. <laughs> He was going to eat the popcorn. I'm like, don't eat the popcorn. I mean, I would have too. So, I mean. It was like, it was probably so stale. And <laughs> you think that's going to stop me? Okay, fair. But no, the popcorn's for the throw-ins. Yes. Have you ever seen Rocky Horror in that, that way? Not the live thing. I've seen the movie. Yeah. So not, at the, the live thing. At the, when you go to something like this, it's like a theater and yeah. they have the the movie up on the big screen and like this is like a, a vintage theater with like the the balconies with like the carved woodwork and you know like the yeah, we have one of those here stuff. in town where i'm at so yeah i love those and then down on the stage they actually have actors acting out the movie at the same time and then there's audience participation so at certain points you yell out certain things at certain points you use the noisemaker at certain points you throw the popcorn like yeah and it's just like this amazing experience and i had seen the movie many many times before but this is my first time going live but like i understood a lot of the yeah, you knew what you were going into he had no idea. And he's like, why are we getting all dressed up? Like I had on a top hat and fake lashes that were like 
bigger than anything that you should glue to your face. I'll I'll say yes. that. And I was like wearing heels and a dress, and you know he wore a suit and a uh, at the time fedoras were big, so he had on a fedora and you know all this stuff. And he's like, "Why are we getting dressed up to go see a movie?" <laughs> and I was like, "Just wait, you'll see, you'll see, you will understand." Yes. He still doesn't completely understand, but he had a good time. And now we As watch that movie constantly. It's true. This is true. He loves the movie. He's still just really confused about the experience. He's like, I don't know what happened in there, but that was a good movie. I mean, it is a good movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. All right. Back out of the rabbit hole. I don't know what you're talking about. This is totally on topic with the Island of the Dolls. Yeah, Totally. I don't know how we got to talking about bad horror movies and then on to Rocky Horror, but all right, anyway. It all makes sense. Don't worry about it. Since we had a bit of a tangent there, I will cover what I just said. That Barrera, you know, had reported seeing things, hearing screams, whispering, just a bunch of other strange things on the island that probably shouldn't be happening. Santana, the great nephew, has also reported seeing strange shadowy figures in the moonlight as he checks on the island some nights just to make sure that no one's there that it shouldn't be the the sci-fi show that i told you about expedition truth with their because they set up cameras they do the whole ghost hunting thing they'll set up motion cameras the the, the voice boxes all of that stuff there's even EMF. a clip of yeah there, there's okay. there's this part in the show where um they show a doll moving its arm and blinking one of its eyes on its own and Craig, others, i want to go home no, we're spending the night on the island of dolls. It's fine. You we're go staying in the cabin. You go. I'm on my way. Just wait for me. I feel like I've heard of that before. But others have reported seeing all of this and a little more. Some some even report hearing giggling, singing, and even laughing, floating on the humid breeze as they explore the island. Some swear it's it is very close, almost as if it's coming from some of the dolls in the trees. And some visitors even swear that they hear tiny little footsteps too small to be that of a child. I'll, I'll let you fill in the blanks there as to what, what they, they're thinking that could be. Kitty cats? Maybe a seagull? This is not the happy version of Toy Story. But these footsteps oh, no. seem to are follow these them. The, are these the dolls from the neighbor's house? Is it Sid's Island? Probably. But yeah, the, the little the little footsteps seem to follow them around the island. And they're just watching. Or waiting for you to get close enough to the water so they can push you in and kill you. Or that, you know, one of the two. But some people claim that Barrera has joined the, the souls on this island and that he now still cares for the dolls even in the afterlife. Could that be what his nephew sees in the moonlight passing by on the island? Is it his uncle waving to him through the trees in the overgrowth, saying hello on his own way, in his own way? No one really knows. I would like to think that he. Yeah, because taking... then that gives it a bit of a happy ending that he's coming back well, every now and again just to check on things he, and say hi. He's checking in. He's saying hi, and also that he's caring for all the children. Yeah, because they they talked about these were spirits of children, so yeah. they need a they need a caretaker. And he just comes and like, I, you know, see little, little, little ghost kids holding his hands and, you know. It's a ghost daycare. It's a ghost daycare. I don't and know if that's he, better or creepy. 
they're already there, so give them some childcare. And Fair then enough. he's like, oh, look, it's my nephew. Say hi, kids. Wave. Uncle Julian. Stop, no, stop eating that. Take that out of your mouth. Oh, uh, no, I don't need the doll to wave at me. I just the ghost children. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the dolls. I, I nope. Fair enough. Note to self, male mo a doll. Note to self, stop being friends with Greco. One that has a recording of Bobo's voice with the creepy child voice. I'll spare you the expense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to spend money unnecessarily on me. It'll be fine. Just trust me. It'll be fine. No, we don't. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I have too many stuffed animals and figurines. I, I really don't need any more. You send me a doll. You're never meeting Bubba. All right. And on that note, I'm never sending you a doll. Okay. <laughs> so in, in closing here, the truth about this story is that no one truly knows if all of this was uh, just, you know, a delusion from this man because no remains were ever found on on the island, and all of this is coming from one man. It's Barrera who who told this story originally and sort of spread the story. So no one knows if like this this girl really did exist and if what he was saying was true or if he was making this up for whatever reason. So it's still kind of very open ended, and there's no mention that his wife ever even saw a body people and even his own family speculate that he might have been mistaken made it up or imagined it though no one is can really say for sure what the truth is and which which story is real or if any of them are real yeah but the the truth on on this whole thing is there are a bunch of dolls on this island and weird things do happen on said island that's creepy but what is what is sure about all this, like I said, is that he, he was not as scared as we are led to believe, because uh, he even said at one point that the dolls were an assortment of beautiful protectors. So um, there's, there's that. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's up to the listener, the reader. It's up to ever. It's up to you to decide. Was Barrera a man who was racked with grief and fear about this little girl's spirit, or was he delusional, or was it just did did he make it up? You know, we we, we don't know, and we we may never know. You know, sometimes I wonder, am I delusional, and did I make Krakow up? Because it's hard to it's hard to be that much of an enigma. Like, it doesn't seem real. Is it, though? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like you were made up. I'm just yeah. sitting here talking to myself. And then I release a podcast that's just me having a conversation with silence. And people are like, oh, my God. What is this? Yeah, I think everyone has that reaction to Krakow. So. <laughs> and yet... Bobo and I are still here. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I crack and put it out there. Tonight. I hope oh. you enjoyed this this installment of Cracko Tales. I'm gonna smile like I mean it and say, "Oh, I always love Cracko Tales." No, I do. I do love Cracko Tales. I just don't usually sleep well after that. Cracko Tales are you never know what to expect. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. You never know what to expect. But thank you for sharing this story. And thank you to Ranger for researching this yes. story. And 
as Krakow said, as always, 10 out of 10. And as Krakow mentioned, if you guys want to let us know, either Twitter or if you're part of our Discord, uh, Instagram now, also through the website, if you want to let us know what you think about this one, we would love to hear from you. And that's all we really have for tonight, unless you have anything else, Krakow. That is all I have for today. All right. Well, I have a bag of Milano cookies calling my name. <laughs> Same. Mo, I'll be there and, and, and I'll be there soon. All right. Bubba and I'll be waiting. Speaking of Bubba, he wants the Milano cookies really bad. And you gave them to him, right? No, they have chocolate Same. in them. OK, fair. Yeah. Bubbers can't have chocolate. Understandable. This is this is the one thing I can understand. Yeah, we don't want sick bubbers. No, no. And on that note, thank you guys. And we'll talk to you next thank time. Thank you. As always, make sure to check out our website for all of the show notes, sources, and more information at thesquonkandthehag.com. And we would also love and appreciate your support by either leaving a review on iTunes or through small monthly donations using the viewer support link in the description. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast network to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. All right, Krakow, you ready? Okay, bye.